0: Chapter 23 of Colonel Greatheart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Colonel Greatheart by H.C. Bailey. Chapter 23. Lucinda weeps. The court had a wintry melancholy. Its pride was decaying. The assurance of triumph that never came was enfeebled. Queen Henrietta, who expected a child, was out of spirits, and there was a notable scarcity of money. It would have been disloyal to affect gaiety, and impossible when one's jewels were sold. Colonel Royston compared the assembly in Merton Hall to birds at the molting time. So harsh were their voices, so stale their finery. Colonel Royston had a grim pleasure in the exhibition till he came upon one who excelled the rest in gloom, yet escaped the ridiculous. It was Lucinda, while he bowed, he sneered at himself as a fool for seeing her. Lucinda did not speak, but there was appeal in her eyes. Royston felt himself flush. "'I have to offer my regrets, madame,' he said with a gesture to her morning gown. "'My mother.' Colonel Royston bowed again. "'Will you give me escort home?' she said listlessly. There is no one else. Royston laughed. You flatter me,' and he made a way for her through the crowd. Lucinda was of better fortune than some. She had still a coach. Colonel Royston handed her in and showed no zeal to follow. She leaned back with a shrug and a careless, "'As you will!' Colonel Royston came in beside her. They were jolted up by St. Aldate's. It was not possible to avoid the touch of her shoulder, her perfume. But she showed no interest in Colonel Royston, and he looked at her black, and then was surprised, not all cynical, at her listless brow." He was not able to believe in a mourning Lucinda, and yet she was no creature of affectation. "'You are not inspiring, madame,' said he. "'So I find,' said Lucinda, with a quick light in her eyes. "'I suppose I am not inflammable,' Colonel Royston sneered. She had a trick of waking the brutality in him. "'I was not thinking of you,' said Lucinda carelessly. Colonel Royston did not miss the inference. It was Colonel Stow who failed to answer to her desires. He could easily believe it, and he felt some contempt for both of them, for Lucinda, because she was not high enough to be content with his friend, and for his friend, because he did not satisfy Lucinda's need. I always found Jerry asked an uncomfortable virtue of me, he admitted with a grin. I do not know why you should sneer. She looked at him with grave, questioning eyes. I am made for it. "'Poor creature,' said Lucinda. The coach drew up at her door in Hollywell. He was punctilious in handing her out. With her hand still in his, she checked and turned. "'Will it please you to come in?' "'I am not amusing, madame.' She gave a queer, scornful laugh. "'Oh, if you are afraid!' and passed on. But Colonel Royston, who, unlike his friend, conceived himself afraid of nothing, followed her close. He stood over her while she held out her hands to the fire, and its light fell on her neck. I wonder, do you ever want more of a woman than she had? Colonel Royston laughed, always, and therefore took nothing. I wonder, does a woman always disappoint a man? Unless he is a fool, Royston assured her. She leaned her head full back to look up at him. The light laughed about her breast. And the man? He always disappoints the woman, perhaps?" she said in a low voice. "'If he has disappointed you,' said Colonel Royston, with grim emphasis, "'I do not admire your desires.' She bent to the fire again. She was silent so long that Royston changed his place to see her full. Her eyes were glistening, her cheeks jeweled with tears. "'Humph! You are not proud of yourself, either, it seems.' She looked up fierce no one but you has ever made me do this she cried and roughly brushed the tears away she started to her feet and faced him it is true i am ashamed i would to god i were fit for him but there is more i want more she caught royston's arm you know me there is a wild blood in you too i am what i am colonel royston tried to laugh something of the tiger i think BUT HE WAS FLUSHED AND HIS HAND CLOSED ON HER BARE WRIST. WOULD YOU TAME ME? NO, FAITH, YOU WOULD MAKE ME AS WILD AS YOURSELF. I WONDER IF YOU COULD BE, SHE LAUGHED AND TRIED TO DRAW HER ARM AWAY. I CAN BE GREEDY, SAID ROYSTON, GRIPPING THE OTHER TWO. HE LOOKED DOWN AT HER WITH A SMILE OF NO gaiety, AND I COULD STARVE YOU, LUCINDA LAUGHED, LEANING AWAY FROM HIM SO THAT HER WEIGHT HUNG ON HIS HANDS. You would not try. La, you for pride. I can conceive you tiresome as chains. They would grip all of you. That is what I doubt. Or fear? She faltered a moment. There was a faint blush on her neck. Nay, faith, I fear nothing, she cried gaily, and laughing at him drew away. Is that my charm? Yes, so that a man wants to make you afraid. Alack, poor man, she laughed. "'Oh, it would be amusing for him,' said Colonel Royston, in measured tones. His brows were bent upon her. "'But if I made him fear, instead—that is the damnable challenge of you.' She clapped her hands. "'I knew. You are afraid already.' Colonel Royston laughed. "'You are vain, madame.' She flung her arms wide, and stood so in the best of her beauty. "'Have I not the right—nay, but I am not vain.' that is little and calm. I am sure of myself. That is why I laughed at Colonel Royston." And she made him a splendid mocking curtsy. "'And what do you want of him, pray?' Royston looked down at her with a grim smile. "'The joy of a fight, sir! And a defeat!' She laughed. There was a baffling mystery in her eyes. "'Do you think you move me as I move you?' "'There is other strength than a woman's,' said Colonel Royston, in a low voice his eyes were blazing i know no other said lucinda facing him full colonel royston made one stride to her flung a hard arm about her and gripped her neck crushing the slim whiteness of it in his big bronzed hand he bore her head back and bent over her she was quivering and hot in his grasp but her eyes brave still this is nothing nothing a boar's strength your body's strength is that all he muttered, and his breath beat on her cheek. You know, and his grasp grew fiercer. She was helpless utterly in that heavy power and knew it. She laughed reckless, but the laugh broke suddenly and she was pale. Her eyes stared wide. While he watched, his arm fell lax and he let her go. They stood apart, gazing steadily at each other. Then Lucinda gave a little laugh of no joy. We frighten ourselves, I think. Colonel Royston did not deny it. He gazed at her still a long while silent, then caught up his cloak and strode out. End of chapter twenty three.